Are the other three even on it? Like those choruses sound like a church choir. <laughs> the dips? <laughs> terrible. There was no sense of arching the back, bending the knees. It was straight leg, flat back. Oh, you like the song One True Voice decided to sing? Well, we recorded it too, and it's on our single, so you don't need to buy their single. I love that. Like, it's so petty and, like, amazing. <laughs> Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Chris. That's Jan. And welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And we will be rating and discussing the B-sides and bonus tracks from Girls Aloud's debut album, Era. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Looking for an awesome global pop music podcast? Chris and I have the inside scoop with extensive experience performing on stage and working at record labels. We review and deep dive into your favorite artists' songs and careers, analyzing all the creative and business decisions along the way. So join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cctvpops and become a part of our amazing crew, including Lily, Lisette, Emily, and Juliet. Subscribe now and let's explore the world of pop music together. Yeah, so we already discussed the standard album tracks from Girls Aloud's debut album, Sound of the Underground. So definitely go check out that review if you haven't already. But as we know, the album was repackaged in November 2003 following the release of Jump. And all the singles from the album also had some B-sides. So we have a lot of songs to discuss for part yeah, two um, of this debut yeah. album era. Yes. Uh -huh, indeed. So, let's get into it. We will now go track by track and discuss the production vocals and lyrics and give our ratings for each song. And as you're watching or listening along, be sure to let us know your ratings as well. So let's do it track by track. Yeah. So, first up, we have Stay Another Day, which was done by Anthony Michael Mortimer, Dominic Hawken, Robert James Keane, Dennis Ingoldsby, Andrew Murray, and Christian Ballard. And though ultimately released as the B-side to Girls Aloud's debut single, Sound of the Underground, Stay Another Day was actually the contender to also be a lead single, which is crazy thinking back. Um, <laughs> and the song is a cover of 90s English boy band East 17, whose version was the UK Christmas number one of 1994. And member Tony who wrote the song about his brother that had passed away, was very confused by the romantic slant, quote-unquote, of Girls Aloud's version. Um, but fun fact, Esther from Eternal actually provided background vocals in the track as well, which you can totally wow. hear. <laughs> because <laughs> these vocals, man. Oh, so, I've obviously, I've lived with Stay Another Day. You know, it was the second Girls Aloud song I ever heard. So yeah. I think my thoughts might be very different from yours, who you probably heard it for the first time preparing for this, right? Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you may have met me years ago when you first got me into them back in 2020. You said, oh, yeah, and it released this. And then we went past it. You paid it for like 30 seconds and dipped out. It was so funny because I was like, wait, 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 I'll try to get into it. You're like, no, not worth it. <laughs> and I can see why you said it. It is not sound of the underground uh and for them to like not choose this yay yay um i can't say that this song is like 
the best thing I've heard. Um, <laughs> it's not the worst either, but I can only imagine what it's like to hear something that you've dedicated to a family member being turned into a, a romantic bop, as the kids say. Um, yeah, it's a little strange in that sense. The performance is, um, it doesn't help either. <laughs> I guess I guess the whole thing with Christmas, people want sentiment and they don't want like party girls and I get it. I think Sound the Other Girl is a great risk to take though, honestly. Totally. Especially with One True Voice's release. It's just, why do another like, slow kind of mid-tempo song it's like why i mean even if i hadn't heard the original i, I or not known sound i'm standing on the ground or girls aloud i think the song isn't like terrible i will give them that it's not terrible it is dramatic sounding with the stage it sounds a little bit desperate i'm singing it so wrong i always think things are wrong <laughs> but yeah it sounds a little desperate but the longing tone of the whole song, like you miss someone, like I get the original meaning, but the girls really sound like they're like not letting go of someone who's already moved on without them. I will say that the longing tone does add a bit of urgency and I do appreciate that. So they understood the assignment and I appreciate that there wasn't like any belting to make it even more dramatic. Like if this was like a Celine Dion track or something, <laughs> there would have been some, you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that they didn't like go too overboard because it already has a little bit of a, a desperate sound to it because okay. of the romantic slant as opposed to a sentimental kind of ballad. It, it, they kind of like took the meaning out of it. it it's weird. But speaking of Eternal, uh, we did a Pop 101. So be sure to check them out because they also had a song that was covered by Monica, you know, uh, Angel of Mine. But that cover made sense. This one just felt like, what can we do? This was, oh, this one. It just felt kind of just random, honestly. I'm just glad it wasn't their first single. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at reality TV shows, this is a very typical song that would be released by a winner of a reality TV show, right? So <laughs> I get it as the choice. I actually do really like the original version yeah. by E17. It feels really sad, which <laughs> obviously makes sense. And the actual melody of the song is quite beautiful, actually. <laughs> I also enjoy Kylie's version. She, she has it a cover of this on one of her Christmas albums as well. And she yeah. also kept it very bare and very sad as well. So sure. yeah, I think the Girls Loud one maybe just has too much energy or something. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Because the production as well. Actually, I think the production of the Girls Loud version is all right. Like mm-hmm. it's very full. It's very lush. They did what they could to add some yeah. elements because they just, they do so <laughs> many choruses at the end. And like, at least in the production, Ooh, you know, there's a lot of strings that build and there's extra drum rolls and cymbal hits. So they, they did what they d- they could. <laughs> with it. Um, there is a radio edit of it that makes it much shorter. So that really should have just been the main version of the song, honestly. <laughs> but I will say, I do think yeah. Cheryl was the right choice to sing the verses. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, she sounds very delicate. She has a nice rasp to her voice. You do get to hear Nadine do some little riffs and ad libs through the choruses. But otherwise, yeah. the vocal production on this, that choir or I, I don't know if it's just Esther just <laughs> repeated over herself but are the other three even on it like you can tell this is not the five of them like those choruses yeah. sound like a church choir it's phoned in for sure it's definitely phoned in I don't, I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> sorry guy yeah and then the performances as well mm. oh man the the hip sways that they had to add is they're, they're hilarious. It's like, we got to give you some choreo to Something. do. To just <laughs> to So the whole thing 
is just <laughs> odd. Like, thank the Lord they found Sound of the Underground. Oh, my um, God. And, and yeah. thank the Lord that they decided not to even put this as the double A side, because that's what One True Voice did, right? They did one original oh. song, and then they did Sacred Trust, which we'll talk about oh. shortly. So I think Girls Love are going to try and kind of do the same thing. But Sound of the Underground is strong enough to stand on its own. Um, oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, they only wasted a couple promo slots on on performing stay another day so <laughs> you know but to be fair I'm for those crying. that wanted yes. something more traditional this was a safe one to go and maybe it did convince some people to buy the single so right right it is what so it, it is it is an audience for it for sure yes. no you're right you're so right actually yeah. but in the grand <laughs> lexicon of girls loud's discography this is very much at the bottom it could be for me their absolute worst song actually so huh? I will give it a two. How about you? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. If you guys couldn't tell, I'm very shocked. Two is the lowest we've ever given yeah, on the That's the lowest I've ever show. given. But Girls Without Discography is so good. So it's such a high standard, right? So this is just way at the bottom. Oh my goodness. Wow. This is, I was just going to give it a five. This man said dead, kill it, destroy it. <laughs> okay. I was going to give it a five. Like far in the middle because it's not terrible. It's just not them. Yeah. And it's, it's just basic. It's very basic. Yeah. So I'll give it a five. <laughs> Up next is Sacred Trust and was written by the BGs, members Barry, Maurice, and Robin Gibb, and produced by Ian Cunro. And Girls Aloud recorded this song as a marketing ploy during the Pop Stars Rival competition. Since their rivals, One True Voice, had chosen this BG cover as their single. But ultimately, it was not included on the Sound of the Underground single and was released much later on the greatest hit compilation of 2007. The original Bee Gees version was recorded in 1998 and released on their 22nd and final studio album, This Is Where I Came In. So this one is interesting. We have three different versions that we have something to compare it to. We have their, their original, their competition, and now their own. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of them recording this. Like the fact that they were like, oh, you like the song One True Voice decided to sing? Well, we recorded it too, and it's on our single, so you don't need to buy their <laughs> single. I love that. Like it's so petty and like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if you think about it in that sense where they're like, this is just a joke kind of thing and a marketing uh, thing. You know, it makes sense that they didn't need to put much effort into recording it, you know, both production-wise right. and vocally and everything. It sounds like yeah. a demo, right? But at the end of the day, for its purpose, it yeah. works for sure. I do think, again, like Stay Another yeah. Day, I think the actual yeah. song is very good. Like the Bee Gees are great writers. It has a really beautiful melody. Their version definitely... I don't know. It's just so signature Bee Gees, you know? Burr, burr. So I much prefer the original <laughs> for sure. And also, to be fair to the One True Voice boys, like before we even get into the Girls Aloud one, the yeah. One True Voice version actually is not bad. Like, no, it's not. The, their production like, choices yeah. were pretty good. Like, I like the guitar riff that's now leading it. They added a lot of R&B vocal stylings in there. The dance beat, I think, was maybe a little too much, took it a little too far. But, you know, they made it their own. I think, you know, but I do think the song was kind of doomed from the start because I think music in general was already starting to come out of this super cheesy kind of boy band ballad thing. And so I think I think it just wasn't a good choice from the get go for yeah. One True Voice. Like, I think they were kind of doomed yeah. in that way. But also, like the Bee Gees didn't even release this as a single. Like it was just an album track. So if it wasn't even good enough for them to release as a single, like, 
I don't know. Oh. Just a very weird choice. Yeah, but I, what do you think of the two other versions, I guess, before we even get to the Girls Aloud one? You know, I know that this song is an album from, like, came from the album before Maurice's passing, but the sentiment didn't really, like, that kind of sentiment doesn't make me like the song anymore or any less. Like, the original sounded okay to me. Like, the album itself was a beautiful sentiment, but it doesn't compare to even, like, their previous album, Still Waters from 97. I think a lot of fans felt that way about that, that album, too. It kind of was like, oh, this is this is okay, but it's not, like, them at their peak, obviously, yeah. because, you know, with all that was going on at the time. But, yeah, I think the, the, the original sounded okay itself. The melody is quite nice. As you mentioned, they are good at that. I will say the, the, one, true, the one true voice version wasn't like terrible but it was definitely clinging to its i guess the origins of its disco-y you know you know because the bgs did disco they 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 blew up in that air like that was their wheelhouse yeah and so they thought hmm bgs cover kind of disco flourishes uh uh-huh and i was just like no (laughs) um so i kind of like the idea of them trying to kind of give a nod but this song did not call for it and i think them choosing this song off this album was not their fault, but whoever was like, oh yeah, for either group, wrong. Yeah, sorry. Blame wrong. Pete Waterman. <laughs> Mr. Waterman, no. He's done Absolutely. great work, but yeah, not the best choice there. Yes, yeah, it wasn't your best. <laughs> Regarding the Girls Aloud version, I will yeah. say Nadine does sound good on those verses. She yeah. sounds very sentimental, um, and she also added her own little riffs and stuff. She sounds really good. <laughs> And you can actually hear the other ladies on the chorus. It definitely sounds a bit like middle school choir, though, like group of (laughs) girls just singing this chorus, just very unemotionally. They probably each just went in once and they're kind of like, okay, we're good. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Again, taking into context what this track was recorded for, though. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Again, though, we get a ton of choruses at the end. And then, of course, they tried to, yeah. like, emulate that tension build that is in the Bee Gees version. But then they end it with, like, these Christmas bells in the back. Um, and then Nadine has all these extra ad-libs and stuff. And uh, the ending with her extra note is really funny to me. It always makes oh me laugh. <laughs> like, what was so, that? yeah, it's all right. It, like, the production sounds like a karaoke track, right? Like, it sounds like it the does. one, the fake ones and in, in the fake you know yes. behind the fake music videos at those yes. japanese karaoke places <laughs> um, with so. the random fields like <laughs> yeah. people on the subway yeah, the random the, people yeah. walking around yeah. so yeah it as again as a joke song this is <laughs> this is fun but that's it oh my god yes can i just say i hate like it sounds really basic and then i appreciate the attempt to maintain the main like the main melody but then like like you said, it comes across like really cheesy, but the, the the chorus instrumentation becomes like this like Max Martin style, and I was just like, what just ha- what is this random like switch up? Where I feel like I want to bop on my, you know, it becomes mid tempo and cheesy, and the bridge, <laughs> what was the? I was like, oh, it turned into a Christmas cult, and I was like, get me out of here. You know how I feel about Christmas music, honey. So when them bells started jingling. I was like, get me out of here, and then freaking Nadina. <laughs> yeah. I was like, get me out of here. 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 So that being said, this one is worse to mm. me okay. than first track. So mm. I'm gonna give this one a fat four. Okay. Fat fat four. Um how do you feel about it? I'm gonna you... match stay another day and give it another two. <laughs> Whoa! Holy crap. This is he said chop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 
moving on out of the debut single era, let's move on to the No Good Advice era. Ooh. Because we have the B-side to No Good Advice. We have uh-huh. On Around, which was done by Karen Poole, Henrik Korpi, Matthias Johansson, and Black Cell. And fun Ooh. fact, courtesy of Physical on Pop Justice, this song actually was covered by Jolin Tsai, a Taiwanese yeah. pop star, in 2009 as well. Oh, and hers was titled cool. Run Run. So Karen Poole, we've been, we've had, a, we've talked a lot about Karen Poole on this show. Yeah. And it's been across all the artists, Kylie, a lot of K-pop mm-hmm. now. So yeah, mm-hmm. what do you think yeah. is one of Karen's earlier songs? Ah, <laughs> man. You can see you, it's interesting, like reading some of these older songwriters' names on like K-pop songs, because they heard some crazy stuff back in the day. And this is one of those songs. It's like, jeez, Loi, what is this? <laughs> um, when it comes in, that alarm, I started singing. Boys call you sexy. Oh, and they don't. I don't yeah, that's just me being me. But what really kind of made it feel like a like a really like a like a girl power kind of thing. Or like I don't even grow up power, but it just feels very like marchy. Where's the drums? They remind me of Wow Wow Wow's "I Want Candy" a little bit, um, because the way they kind of just tumble in. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is kind of fun. It's energetic. Oh yeah, what's gonna happen? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that first verse comes around, and I'm like, okay, that's an interesting start. So it's like, it feels a little clumsy coming in, like they're kind of tripping into the 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 verse. Um, but I don't hate it. I I just heard "I Want Candy" a little bit for a while. Uh, but yeah, the siren is alarming, pun intended. Um, and uh, the lyrics, they're sexy and they're fun. And I do appreciate the harmonies throughout the song. It kind of makes the song feel like a march, you know, a marching kind of chant on the way to the rave at the county fair. Like, I feel like, yeah, you know, we're all marching down to the fair. Uh, the lyrics are very much like <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> but I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Not everything has to be super serious. Um, I think my favorite part or part that not favorite but part that I appreciate is the bridge with the harmonies after all that whispery singing and yeah I appreciate it and the sense after that though they were a bit strange I mean this whole song feels experimental for (laughs) sure yeah Ah, god I don't even know how to describe it but what really bothered me I think aside from like the clunkiness and like a little bit of the clumsiness here and there top line wise not bad (laughs) but the alarm and the outro it was like, and it just kept going. And I'm like, excuse me, what is happening? <laughs> like, it's mixed in the back. It's far back. I get it. But it's still a choice. I had headphones on. So I'm sitting here just thinking like, what? I kept taking my headphones off because I live near a a fire station. And around lunchtime, <laughs> it goes off. So I'm like, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, it's part of the dang song. So kudos for them. Like, the song just feels very... Like like hypnotizing with yeah. the round 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 at the end, but boy, yeah, woo, it's a lot. That yeah. one. <laughs> I I've, I've realized as I've started doing this show, I've started to like <laughs> visualize music a lot more. Like I'll imagine settings <laughs> and stuff, and I like, I talk yeah. about it a lot, but I I feel like I never did that before. But anyway, with this <laughs> song, I'm thinking like aliens invading and the first thing they do is go to a theme park and they're like on you know one of those crazy rides where you go in circles and go upside down and stuff yeah that's what this song gives me i will say though if you take this top line which like you said is actually very good you could turn it into a k-pop song now you could give this to ive you could give this to espa and they would kill it 
you know? Yeah. Um, so that's yes. fascinating to hear, actually. And the fact that it already yeah. was covered by an Asian artist, you know, shows that, you know, shows that there's that appeal there. But yeah, it's very interesting. I appreciate kind of the sirens and the crazy drums. It is very attention grabbing. It's oh, just yeah. a ton of energy. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. whoa. So I don't mind that in a pop song, you know? You want you mm-hmm. want that. And I think the chorus is fun. It's very, very catchy. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate it. I will say the vocals, though, there are so many layers throughout the entire thing. Like even in those verses, it's kind of hard to even tell who is singing what. Like I was on Genius yeah. and someone attempted to do a vocal distribution, but I was like... I don't know. Um, (laughs) And I think Karen is actually on a Mm. lot of those harmonies as well. Um, Because, you know, she kind of sounds like Kylie. Like, she kind of has that kind of voice. And so you kind of hear that on here, too. And so I was like, oh, that's Karen, actually, and not the Ah. girls doing the harmonies. Like, especially in that bridge and that outro as well. I was like, this doesn't sound like any of the Girls Aloud members. Yeah. Um, So anyway, the vocal production is just very odd to me. It's like Karen featuring (laughs) Girls Aloud. (laughs) If you look at this in the context of the album, this matches mm-hmm. kind of like Mars oh, Attack yeah. Mars and All Attack. I Need and those other more quirky electro tracks that they are going for. Yeah. And it is a different sound from the other girl groups at the time. So I could see this as a potential direction to go, right? Yeah. Um, if Xenomania yeah. kind of didn't fully take over. So it's kind of just interesting to hear this. I will say I do think it's about as good as Mars Attack and All I Need. Or so actually I, I prefer all I need but yeah I, I think it could have been on the album and it would have had a place on Double, there okay yeah so yeah I think it's a decent track I'll, I'll give it a 6.5 <laughs> I just gave it a 6 okay it's not bad I do enjoy the I want candy drums I like those all right so up next we have La la love bomb. La la la. I'm sorry. If you're a K-pop fan, you know that this song "Love Bomb" is done, you know, by Promise Nine. Sorry, girls, love. So when I saw this, I heard. I thought Promise Nine, but yes, it's "Love Bomb," written by Allison Clarkson, known as Betty Boo, and the Beat Masters, consisting of Mike and Sean Ward. And this is a UK bonus track on the original release of the album. All right. See now, this is one of those songs where I'm like, hey, Chris. <laughs> you grew up with this mess. What are, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to hate this song. Oh, like I was like, what is this? It just it it doesn't match any of the other songs they released. Uh, or maybe I guess it maybe kind of matches Boogie Down Love a little bit. Yeah, I guess. But thinking about it now, it is uh, almost a precursor to Love Machine in a way. Like it has that silliness. It kind of fits in with that like copacabana kind of like cheesy cruise performance situation like i could totally yeah. see the song being used for like some ballroom dance moment in a really cheesy movie taking place I'm on a crying. cruise you know what i mean I'm cr- i have something like that too but i still yeah. like a video game like this is like an ost for a video game like whatever game genre if they're at the beach i can just see them oh that works too yeah <laughs> like a side quest or something oh, or, or like gosh. a side game or like yeah. just some Donkey Kong bullcrap, like Mario Party. Oh my God, just Donkey Kong. Like, it's just <laughs> and then so, Yeah, and then they throw the bomb, that, that bomb yes. in Mario Kart. That's very, very funny. Yeah, but to be fair, I actually think production-wise, it's actually pretty good. Like, all the horns, yeah. the other instrumentation, I like the piano-led dance break moment. Like, the, uh-huh. I could see really good, like, ballroom choreo to it. So, yeah, I appreciate the experimentation, but 
it's just bizarre <laughs> as a song like i'm amazed they even released it actually um but you know it's just a bonus track so yeah i will say cheryl's raps are awesome <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like, yeah like she's she's what doing she what she can also the enunciation is so funny too because it's like kind of an american accent it's not her accent yeah, yeah it's not her um, so she's enunciating very weirdly but then she's saying these words like booty and like you know, yeah. it's just like very yeah. very funny um i do <laughs> think the second verse is the highlight though with the purr and sarah doing oh, that God. feeling kind of horny <laughs> yeah hilarious <laughs> i do think yeah. like honestly xenomedia um, probably could have taken this and turned it into something really cool Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like the chorus is just like the lazy part for me. Yeah. And it's mildly annoying as well. Like you could look that as like a bridge and you guys spelling. I know you love a good spelled out chorus, but that wasn't it this time. Yeah. They, they dropped the ball in this one. Um, <laughs> this feels like you know, I wrote down like in my notes, I was like, what in what in the spice world is going on? Like, I feel like they heard spice up your life and was like oh we gotta do something uh, just like that we got a samba too but this time just do cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha <laughs> um but i do wonder like a song like this even if zinamina would have touched it beforehand i feel like spice could have done this too like i think it was released around the time like forever was like already out at this point but and jerry had already been gone but can you imagine this song with their hands on it their quirkiness already kind of just like cha-cha-cha-cha oh cha. gosh lc going cha-cha something just silly like this would be a funny b-side for me for them because <laughs> it's just so like what the f but they'll sell it to you you know um i do like the little harmony at the end it was cute like if for some reason i'm getting k-pop from this as well um <clears throat> i think because of the cheesiness and i do appreciate it uh i think boogie down love is definitely the stronger wonky track though like <laughs> yeah. we're gonna get wonky going like this is not the strongest one boogie down love is the stronger wonky <laughs> But yeah, I, I do like the production. Again, it's giving me the OST for a video game. Um, Bubbles, Beach, Side Quest. I'm here for it. And also, I do want to also say that I wish we would have gotten at least one little performance because I want to see what someone would have choreographed. I'm singing it wrong. It's cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. I just refuse to sing it properly because it sounds manic as hell. But So... What do you rate this um, love bomb? Is it a bomb? Is it a bop? What's up? <laughs> I will give it a four. How about you? You know what? I will give it a four as well. You know, it's so funny because I listen to songs like, I know what you're thinking about. You're thinking about my butt. Like, sounds like, I think I'm saying the words wrong, but they, they've they always had kind of quirkiness, but this is just not it. So yeah, I think a four is, is befitting as well. All right. So next up we have... Everything You Ever Wanted, which was done by Burn. Steve Anderson, Steve Lee, and Lisa Green. And this was also a UK bonus track on the original release of the album. And we have to shout out, you can't mistake their anthology, the Girls Love yeah. podcast. Uh, they spoke to <laughs> Steve as well, who we have also spoken to. And yeah. they spoke to him about his work on the track. So definitely go check that out because there's some interesting insights in there. Uh, yes. But yeah, so what do you think of track 15 on the original <sighs> album? Wow, wow, this one's so funky and fun and very in your face. So far, this is the B-side I feel that fits the most and with the spunkiness of the standard version of this album. Um, I do think genre-wise, maybe not so much because like they weren't going in that direction. Like a lot of it was like UK drum and bass and mm. 
some other pop stuff. And they did have something that's a little bit more R&B-ish. What was it? Um, White Lies. I feel like I feel like I like this a little bit more than White Lies. But I will say that I think that White Lies had a subject matter that the album was missing. So them being like, where those girls, where those girls were amazing, it was probably already on the album already. You know what I mean? He had that. I wouldn't have been not mad if this would have been featured because it would have made White Lies a little bit more like understandable because it kind of stands out on its own as like the R&B-esque kind of track. Mm-hmm. And this kind of would have maybe supplemented it a little bit or complemented it, complemented it a bit more. Um, I think the funky R&B pop with groove, groovy kind of, you know, musical influences is not really their bag and i do wonder what would have happened if another group got it yeah much like what i said about white lies i will say that that in the chorus there's the 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 ah, it sounds like ah every day people so every time i heard it i would have singing that song <laughs> and i know again y'all y'all can y'all can be like i don't hear it i hear it so my brain works secret dj in a past life who knows um but yeah they go was like what a choice but it's not bad i do enjoy the song and i also feel like the whole vibe of it it could have been on a teen movie soundtrack like mm. i feel like it's it's funky it's boppy enough and it's like everything i ever wanted i like that whole kind of vibe and i feel like it could have been like on a teen movie soundtrack like princess diaries or something that mandy moore could have sung it you know what i'm saying <laughs> i would have loved i would have loved to go oh, everything that you wanted yeah, yeah. Or whatever the heck she does. But I think it would have fit on a teen movie for sure. And that's my note. Thank yes. you, Steve. <laughs> okay. Yes, I get that. Um, so Steve did mention, so this song was written specifically for them. So that's interesting because oh. I wouldn't have thought that actually. Yeah. But it was so early on that they yeah. did not have a sound yet. So it really was right. that, you know, you kind of just had Sound of the Underground and Stay Another Day. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, yeah. right for this girl group. Um, but I do think... As a song, though, it is a solid girl group track, right? Yeah. I think it's just that, you know, the group sound just went so somewhere totally different. So then now mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, this doesn't fit them. But yeah, you're right. I think this could easily go to someone else and it would be a really good single for them, actually. I appreciate how confident the vocals are kind of throughout the whole thing. And they also did a really good job with the vocal distribution as well, because you actually get to hear all five really, really well. Sarah's leading the verses. The Dean sounds great on those ad libs at the end. But of course, we have to shout out Cheryl's bridge because it's the most 2000s pop moment. Yeah. And her pronouncing me as May. May. It's <laughs> the highlight for me. <laughs> it is that breakdown. Boom, chop, boom, boom. Like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, I appreciate this for what it is. I don't think it's aged well, like, it's very much of the time, but I enjoy it for what it is. I enjoy the production, there's a really great baseline in there. Um, and I and I agree with you, I think I do actually enjoy the song more than some of the songs that actually made the album, but I can see why it didn't fit sonically with the rest as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that being said, I'm going to give this song. I mean, I think I'm gonna give it a seven. I'm not sure if I'm going to be if, if this is like a generous kind of rating because all the other stuff we've heard before, my ear was like, finally, something decent. Or I was thinking, I was thinking six point five, but 
hang on, wait. Yeah, I'll give it a 6.5 because I think it is just generic because they were just trying to figure out the girls' sound. And if I didn't know Girls Aloud as a group, it just feels like a just shy of great songs. So I think I'll give it a 6.5. Sit right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would actually give it higher. I'd probably go with 7.5 actually because I do think it sits kind of in the middle of, of that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up next is Girls on Film done by Andy and John Taylor, Nick Rhodes, Roger, Andrew Taylor, Simon Lebon, Ian Masterson, and Terry Ronald. This is a cover of the English New Wave band Duran Duran's 1981 hit. And it was chosen by Sarah to record as the B-side for Life Got Cold. And the group promoted the track on a few promotional appearances and also included it on the set list of their What Will the Neighbors Say tour. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this one is kind of like built in to be good. So I feel like... <laughs> I mean, the bass song is great. The original is awesome. Um, I will say, though, listening to them back to back, the vocal on the Girls (laughs) Without One is so bad. (laughs) Bad. They sound so bored. You know, because the original Duran Duran one is so sexy, like the way they sing it. And it's more like staccato Mm. and stylized. And and even production-wise, you get that like really prominent hi-hat and that like guitar riff that's like, very recognizable and you don't have any of that like in this version at all like production wise <laughs> obviously they made it a lot poppier so there's a lot more synths and stuff i mean i think they did a decent job updating it i do wish the camera sounds were a bit more prominent though like they're still in there but that's such an iconic part of the duran duran one that i think it could have just been in here especially since this was clearly recorded just for another song to do in their set right that maybe people would oh, know yeah. a little bit better because you know they're still so new they only had like three songs to perform you know very yeah. kind of early pop star situation where you need some covers in your set right um <laughs> sorry so yeah i i do <laughs> appreciate true. the vocal distribution again on this like they each mm-hmm. get different lines on here and especially when you hear the live one that they did on tour um that's when yes. they give it a bit more attitude and there's some nice harmonies and stuff in there uh, so, so yeah, I appreciate it for what they wanted to do with it. And <laughs> that's kind of it. Honestly, I will say the original <laughs> choreography though is so funny. Like, I mean, I think you talked about it in the last review, like their original choreographer who did like no good advice and oh stuff, my God. just not the best girl group choreographer, like a lot no. of samey stuff. Like it's all shimmying and hair yeah. flips and like body rolls and stuff. And so this is just more of that. But the choices they made of when the dips and stuff happen mm. are very, very funny. Um, yes. So not yeah. good. Oh. As a B-side, it's, it's fine. But compared yeah. to the original, it's not even close. Oops. You know, <laughs> uh, this cover is fun for what it is. But I mean, I feel like the song was just built to last. Like much of what you were saying, like it's, it's you can't go wrong. You can't really go wrong with this. It is what it is. Like unless you choose to f this up, it's kind <laughs> of like it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's fun in a way because it has like that electro pop feel, which does fit them. Um, so again, I guess I guess I appreciate it. But much like what you were saying, I'm getting this feeling like. I don't know if they actually knew what the hell they were singing about, but I mean, hey, listen, I'm sorry. I'm Good just, ballad. I'm getting flashbacks of me getting dragged for saying that someone sang without soul. Um, and it's giving me like, they are great vocalists, right? Like I could easily sing this song right now to you, but do I know what I'm singing about? Hell no. For the longest time I used to sing, um, what was it? Overdrive? No, Overload by Sugar Babes. 
not knowing a lick of what they were talking about. I just felt so cool singing it. And I'm like, well, once I understood what it was about, I was like, oh, I can sing this a little bit more like the way they sing it now. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I was like, trains on, I don't know, it's destination. I was like, what the heck? I don't get it. But then I understood the song. I was like, ooh, trains coming. I can kind of add the, you know, the, the attitude that it needs. Listen. In this situation, I feel like they're like, oh, I know this tune. Let's just do it. You know, that's what it's giving. <laughs> I know the tune. Let's just do it. And I'm so sorry if my accent was terrible. But the tune is just satisfactory at this point. Um, what I will say, <laughs> that the tune's choreography, hilarious. Love it. Iconic. I cannot say it enough. The dips? Yeah. terrible there was no sense of arching the back bending the I, knees it was straight leg flat back like it was just the weirdest thing it's like you're asking someone who taught modern dance to sit there and teach sexy like commercial choreography the girl was not ready and it just makes the girls look awkward and they're not awkward um but they they did try their best and i appreciate it and i will say this is so fun to watch like the performances because i saw this thread on twitter a few weeks ago where someone wrote I missed the era when celebrities looked cheap and then they proceeded to insert pics of our favorite pop acts like in cotton shirts from Kohl's, tank tops, and <laughs> jeans from like Limited 2. Like back in the day, deals with Mandy's were all the rage. So those are like, oh, what do you mean by cheap? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all seen the shirts, okay? Y'all seen them. And uh, shout out to Kimberly in the live concert because while they're performing, if y'all watched the video, around like a minute and 24 seconds, they all, like three girls go on the steps <laughs> and she's trying to find her place on the steps. They've been girls on film and she's trying to get herself together, but she ends up looking like really, she ends up looking really sprawled and like kind of like, <laughs> like twisted up a little bit on the, on the steps. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of like make yourself look cool and sexy on steps. So shout out to her. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to Sarah for hitting that top note because it's so satisfying to hear. Right. And even though she doesn't have, at the time, did not have the technique necessary to really like, you know, make it, give it like a full chesty kind of thing. She has the tone and whoever picked her to hit it. Thank you. I appreciate it. So yeah, that's all I have to say. Mm. I miss when celebrities look cheap. Let's go. Because they killed it with their little tank tops and ties. Let's go, girls. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I... You know, the song's fine. I'll, I'll yeah. give it a six. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's at a six. Which makes me think I should have given um, the song before a seven now. <laughs> but it's okay. Too late. <laughs> it is too late. No. <laughs> All right. So moving on, we have the other B-side to Life Got Cold. We have Lights, Music, Camera, Action, which was done <laughs> by Nigel Lois, Paul Meehan, and Steve Lee. And this was actually included on the cassette single for Ooh, Life cassette. Got Cold. So I remember we only <laughs> had the cassette rip MP3 is like the 128 <laughs> KBP horrible quality. And we didn't get it for many years. Like they didn't release oh, it on CD digital until now. Actually, Why? I don't know if Lights Music Camera Action was even on digital until this deluxe version came out. Um, Why are y'all hiding it? What's so, up? Why are hiding it? <laughs> well, I mean, do you think the song was that good? I mean, listen, it's part of history. You don't bury history, okay? Yeah. okay? It's meant to be found Ooh. and discovered and re reviewed like us. Like oh. we're doing right. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Don't drag me. Or do. That's <laughs> <change> my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, so this song. Ooh, sign of the times. When I heard, so check out on your plasma screens. I was like, girl, wait. <laughs> plasma screen? What you talking about, Willis? Like, it was giving. Um, the production was just 
peak 2000s. Yes. Like those weird, like, like, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> yes. describe what those Those really are. wiry, like distorted guitar-esque <laughs> synths. Yes, I totally get as what you mean. Like, yes, I wrote that too. Both, yeah. We're both trying to physically articulate what it <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's that like fake guitar synth. But yes, even if you're not that watching was, us, you can definitely like, hear me and Chris articulating very well. So whatever you hear right now <laughs> is what it sounds like. That's no exaggeration, okay? Um, and I will say this one lyric that says it's like taking that sound overground. I was like, <laughs> who thought they were being clever? Someone thought like, yo, hang on, hang on. We got sound this. of the underground. Yep. Yeah, we got like whoever did this is just killing me. <laughs> <I was> <laughs> They thought they did something. Um, between that well, I, and then I the mean, cheeky not. beep sections in the second so, verse, oh my, there was too much cleverness going on in the song. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Oh my gosh. I will say that Sarah has the tone that was like perfect for her section, but her control wasn't there back then. So when she hits those notes, I'm like, how much of this was doctored? Was just just, just oh, inquiring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say, I do want to know if this was written with Spice in mind, because again, I can hear them giving the song what it actually really needs. Like granted, Jerry would have been gone at this point, like I said, but I do wonder what it would have sounded like. Like I can imagine Mel, Mel C going off, giving that top note justice, okay? I will, I can, I can just hear the that Sarah was trying to do just actually being done with someone who has the chops for it, you know, at the time. Um, <laughs> no offense, we love Sarah here, we love her. Uh, I just think at the time she was still fresh. We were all still fresh, you know. But yeah, this this song is definitely generic, uh, and it sounds like the decade it came from. Yes, that's it. That's a lot to say. Yeah, I do wonder if this was one of the quote unquote generic girl group songs that Brian cut um, from the original album track list because yeah. that would make sense for sure. I completely agree with um, you. A lot of my notes are the same about how generic it is and how dated it is as well. And the mm -hmm. mix is so bad, too. Like, oh, those wiry I... synths we were just talking about are so overpowering. They kind of fight the vocals a bit, too. Yeah. So it's just the whole thing. Because I was thinking, you know, maybe that's what it sounded like on the cassette. But no, this is the full digital master now, you know, and it yeah. still sounds like that. You really can't get more generic than this, like, melodically or lyrically. Like, other than that Our... sound, taking that sound over ground, I was like, oh, okay, so oh, this right. was written for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And also, Nadine does belt, come on the girls, at one point. And that is the slogan from the pop stars marketing campaign. Oh, cute. So, yes, you know, you're right, there yeah. are references to them, but it's just so cheesy. So, it's just... Yeah. Uh, also, the lead into the last chorus makes me laugh as well. That choir yeah. of Oz, and then the helicopter oh, sounds before, oh like, the, the stop in, like, the staccato uh, last chorus with the acapella and the drums and, and stuff. Oh, my God. Just so dramatic and hilarious. Absolutely. And the helicopter sounds just take it to <laughs> take it to the other level, uh, for sure. No. Um, vocal distribution-wise, though, we do get to hear all five again. And, yes, Sarah's yeah. moment is interesting because I think she can actually sing that very, very well. I just don't mm. like the way they, they vocoded it. And then also okay. they have the woo that comes on top of her, like the big note. Like it overlaps the big yeah. note and it just it yeah. sounds bizarre. So that's like, just a weird choice. Okay, there. so it's the recording, not her. Okay, my bad. Sorry, I think Sarah. she could have pulled it off properly. Mm. I think it's the effects and stuff that they put on it, honestly. 
Um, so yes, it's just super, super cheesy. As a girl group song, it's fine, you know? So yeah, it's very middle of the road for me. I will give it a five. (laughs) You know what? I'll match you. It's very five-ish to me as well. (laughs) Up next is Hopelessly Devoted to You, done by John Farah and Graham Stack. It was recorded and performed for ITV's Grease Mania, which featured popular artists like Westlife, Samantha Mumba, and Lisa from Steps performing songs from the musical Grease. And Michael Craig, author of Reach for the Stars, noted that Nadine was given muscle-relaxing injections due to her extreme hangover before the performance. Wow. <laughs> Great job, Nadine. You were lip sync. I don't know why they did it. She was going to lip sync anyway. What was wrong? Like, why did... They got to. They had to make sure that chair choreography was on point. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, honey, don't get me started. <laughs> Please oh, get but... started. I would love to hear what you thought of this performance <laughs> and song and cover. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like feral over here. Like, let, let me at him. Oh, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. I guess because they were using like a modern, for the time, a modern MIDI instead of like live instruments, that production sounded like karaoke. Okay. It was giving, it was giving, <laughs> it was giving, like you said, the random stock Japanese footage mm-hmm. and um, um, highlighted letters. It's just, oh, it's so disappointing because I'm sure it's not that hard to loop a live instrument. Like the song is pretty simple in structure. Why go through the trouble of using, oh my God, a computer-based audio? I don't That's understand. Me. And honey, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part. Well, first of all, choice. It's, it's like she's drinking and she's sitting there telling, calling her man on the phone. But now, like, why is because when I hear that sound, I think of like um, All Night by Janet Jackson that has that bouncy sound. Uh, um, there's a song on Kylie's disco album that has that boingy boingy sound. There's a lot of songs that that talk about partying or like having a good time with that wang 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 sound. And is and, and why is it? In, I'm I'm at a loss for words when I heard that. I thought, oh, I wonder what they did with the steps with this one, boy. I was just like, yeah. I heard, thought, what did the choreographer do to this one? Because what do you do? And it's just so awkward. Like the the boing makes me think of like winos. And um, when I was listening to the track with my headphones, I beg everyone to listen to both us on the podcast platforms and listen to the song after and listen to the kick drum in your left ear on the second verse. <laughs> the whole time it was like, boom, 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 in my ear. And I was like, get me out of here. What's happening? Someone was not thinking and it bothers me because this is a deluxe version, which means y'all listen to this, remastered it and still put it out. Why did no one pan this to both sides? Why is it not? <laughs> it was just, in my ear oh my god on to positive notes though nicola sounded great in the second verse i think she sounded very yes. vulnerable and sweet i liked her part and nadine she sounded so sultry she can't help but she said but now uh, <laughs> i said grab you don't get your butt away from this microphone she can't help it and then she went to the head voice and i was like girl go off but what bothered me was the last note because it was just so lame and short. She said, <laughs> and it disappeared. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. 
don't do that. <laughs> I won't hit the live performances yet because I feel like I'm talking a lot about the production itself and okay. the vocals. So it's something we Okay. That kind of had me had me weak. First off, <laughs> let me preface by saying I love Greece. So these songs yeah. mean a lot to me. So my standards are high. You know, Olivia Newton John is brilliant and this is arguably the best song on that in that movie. So Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um <laughs> this production the boing is the most hilarious part and but the i think what's funny about it though is that it's it's isolated like Dude. it's used in a bling like by itself yeah. and into the <laughs> verses and it's so it reverbs yeah it's like oh my gosh so you thought you were also you were doing something with this you thought you were making like a really cool choice here um so yeah very bizarre i agree with you though vocally I actually think they all sound really, really good. Cheryl, right. you know, she uses her vocal fry very effectively, and she does sound very yeah. delicate. Like, she does that very, very well. I think more so yeah. than her belting. Like, when she sounds really kind of soft like this, it's it's really her bag. Then mm -hmm. Kimberly, she sounds super full. And it, this song sits in a really nice yeah. spot in her range. You know, she's a musical theater-trained vocalist, yeah, right? So that makes sense that this song kind of fits kind of with what she can do vocally. And Sarah's chorus is nice too. Like I maybe think she's belting a little too much on too it. Too much. But yeah. the actual vocal itself is pretty good. I think maybe just the choices made <laughs> maybe weren't fitting of the song. But I think she sounds right. good. Um but yeah, Nicola's for sure the highlight. Like I think this was maybe the <laughs> longest verse we got from her at that point <laughs> in their the career, time. right? Because she only had like one line here and like one right. line here. And so it was like it was nice to hear her do all those riffs and she made some really yeah. great choices actually with, with what she was given um yes and yeah nadine i mean we love nadine brilliant <laughs> yes <laughs> but yes the performance um so what? i did not know that nadine had that extreme hangover like that before <laughs> but you could tell the five of them did not want to be there <laughs> no not at all they looked mildly oh embarrassed turning in those and... chairs like that oh my god dude it's so funny <laughs> it is... but now skirt 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 and they come back around they do it twice there's no way to skirt 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 i need someone to do like a music remove like you know the sounds <laughs> yeah I feel my clop, 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 clop as they're trying to turn. Oh, man. Yeah, it's so Honestly. funny. The the costuming also, they look so cheap, those dresses that they're in. I will yeah. say Sarah looks like Olivia. Like, they did the hairstyle from the movie. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, she really looks like Olivia there. But yeah, I, I would love to watch the other performances from this show. I remember, I think Westlife did Grease Lighting, and that was really fun, I remember. Yeah. Uh, but uh -huh. I did buy this soundtrack because girls loud was on it so oh that's nice of you that there was you generous. go i was a supportive fan but wow this you cover was not supportive. it <laughs> no the performance is so funny because sarah's like i'm out of my head like she's smiling so much <laughs> and i'm like girl you're lip syncing <laughs> your mouth flap should not be that wide okay first of all <laughs> and i gotta say if you look at i love nicola i love her so much she's great she's a quirky little sister bruh when after the second verse, the choreography falls apart. They're off. <laughs> you want to talk about a good time, bruh? It just kept falling apart. Like they could not get it. I don't know what was going they on. They were all hung over, I guess. <laughs> and so they were out of sync, and the spinning in the chair was just jokes. You can see Cheryl in the background sitting there, like you see a dimple when that dimple starts to appear you know she ain't she don't take this seriously yeah but i uh, hope they all got paid a lot to do this special 
<laughs> Absolutely, because that the choreography was so off. Like these little foot motions and the head drops and the body pops. It was just off the rail. <laughs> we got to look after what Samantha Mumba did, though. I wonder what song she got. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh, probably probably um Rizzo's song. Oh, I could see that. Yes, that vocal alto. tone. Yeah, alto. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All so. Right chokes aside i mean okay here's the thing i think again vocally mm. it's really good so i think that bumps yeah. it up slightly for me so i'll give it a five mm. how about you he said it's bot it's like middle of the yeah i'll give it a five too it's kind of just eh, it is what it needs to do because mm-hmm. i feel like as for covers okay it shows that they, they shows that they can sing but it's not their yes. nothing they didn't reinvent the wheel or anything yeah but yeah so girls yeah. aloud were the only <laughs> act on grease mania to get two songs on the compilation Whoa. And they actually Whoa. did the title track, Grease, as well. Yeah. And this no. one was written by Barry Gibb. And their version was produced by Betty Boo and the Beatmasters. So they came back one more time. This would be the last time we ever get <laughs> Betty Boo and the Beatmasters. Girls Aloud. <laughs> but they came back to do the Beatmasters remix of Grease. Okay. And this was included also as a B-side to Jump as well. So yeah. they didn't perform this one, unfortunately. No. But I actually prefer this much more yeah. to Hopelessly <laughs> Devoted to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they probably could have done something really fun with it. So that's really too bad. But okay. So shout out to Betty Boo and the Beatmasters because production wise, right. I actually think they did a great job interpreting this yeah. for Girls Aloud. Yes. You get this whole electro dance moment. Um, oh, yeah. They also yeah, sped totally. it up quite a bit compared to the original as well and to be fair i love the original version i love Uh frankie valley's voice it's obviously very iconic and he's his was obviously a lot more organic you have strings and you have guitars and stuff with the disco element but you know still more Uh organic so them upgrading it to this kind of full electro pop disco situation for girls loud totally makes Uh sense um i will say the only choice i do think is maybe takes it a little too far is the uh yeah <laughs> in the back <laughs> i was like okay i don't know if you need that for the song <laughs> um and but there are strings that come in as well so they do kind of nod to the original so i appreciate that but yeah it's just the uh, and the yeah that i think are maybe Sorry. a little too far because the, ah. they didn't make it quite sultry right even the way they sing yeah. the chorus grease is the word it's the way, the way they're singing it it's like sultry and sexy um let's just think it's an, again it's <laughs> an interesting choice but it makes sense i guess for a girl group um and, yeah, but there are some yeah. nice harmonies on there i do again love nadine's little ad-libs at the end mm-hmm. but you know i think at the end of the day the song itself is so good like the Solid. melodically just melodically yeah. the top line is just so good that it's hard to <laughs> do it really really badly so i appreciate that they <laughs> you know, attempted to make it their own. And I actually enjoy this cover and I do listen to it once in a while. Yeah. No, it's nice. I think this one's cool. I think um, the little breakdown, the life of illusion. Like, <laughs> I think the little pew, pew, pew lasers toward the end kind of like adding a nice little thing and then yeah. have a dance break moment. Like it feels like something that the pink ladies would have done mm-hmm. you know like if they if there was a pink ladies version of the grease soundtrack the grease song on the grease soundtrack this would have been a cute little fun little addition you know frenchie and the girls just kind of grease is the word the word <laughs> you know so i appreciate it um i will say that frankie's original version is a lot more cooler but this is fun like this one kind of makes you feel like okay this one could be taken anywhere because it was so bare mm-hmm 
but not like basic. It was just right for the time, right for the song. It was for the guys. It was Danny's song. Like he's the one using the grease. Hello. His car was dripping the grease. But this kind of gives a different like girly flair. You can see like, you know, a little bit of a disco moment. There's a cowbell. Like, honey, it gives what it needs to give. But I do wonder what would have happened if they would have just given a little extra some. Mm. You know, give me a real dance break with some real bridge and a breakdown. But I do appreciate the ad-libs at the end. I think it's great. I wish you would have gotten performance, like you said. Some actual, you know, step, touch, step, touch, and point and point, you know? <laughs> the end, no, at the end of the year, like, come on. Mm-hmm. That deserves choreography. But, you know, instead we got the skirt, skirt, chairography. But whatever. <laughs> what can you do? Um, all that being said, solid cover mm-hmm. for sure. And I was actually pretty surprised um, that they covered more songs than what I thought, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I'm yeah, like, oh, they did more covers. Yeah. So, what do you rate? I'll just want a higher score. I'll say this one's a seven because the other one they need help. This yeah. Is like the, this is crazy. This song is like so good. I know. But it's not their song. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I will match you with a seven. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Up next is another cover, and it's a jump done by Gary Paul Scardina, Marty Sharon, Stephen Mitchell, and produced by Brian Higgins and Zidomania. Originally recorded by American Girl Group, the Pointer Sisters, in 1984, Girls Aloud were chosen to record a cover of the track for the Love Actually soundtrack in 2003. Although it wasn't used in the movie itself, the film's director, Richard Curtis, called Zenomedia specifically about it. The song is credited by the group and everyone involved for being a massive turning point in the group's career, with their album sales doing only okay and they were actually in danger of being dropped, but Jumped gave the girls an opportunity to showcase a lighter and more fun side of themselves. And it was a massive hit, hitting number two on the UK chart. And I remember you showing me the song and me being like, oh my God, I like this. I think I even listed this as mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. For one. You were like, I thought you we were going to do um, I Don't Speak French. And I was like, no, this is the song. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... I like this cover a lot, so much, and I love the electro-popness of it, and I just think it fits their personalities and their voices really well. Like, oh my gosh, something about it is just just right. And it sounds like nice next to Sound of the Underground. I could listen to Sound of the Underground and then listen to this and be like, okay, this fits on the album, you know? So kudos to them for reproducing it in a way that makes sense for the time, makes sense for the girls, and also the vocal production itself, it matters. You know what I'm saying? Because the Pointer Sisters, you know, they're from America. They were given a little bit of soul. And you had the Dean holding it down in that first part of the verse, and the show comes around, it's very sultry. Uh, and then the girls singing together as a group is just so fun. I love the unison singing. And then you break off with some harmonies here and there. Oh man, I, it's so fun to watch them perform it too. And uh, yeah, I can go on and on about how much I love this song. So I'm glad I stopped because I'm give away my score. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Xenomedia killed it with the production. Yeah. They did a great job updating the track. Um, yeah. Because the Point of Sisters one is very 80s, right? So kind of like <laughs> what we were saying with Grease, like to make it more dance mm-hmm. pop, a bit cooler, um, and just a bit more of a roller coaster as well. Like the bridge in the Pointer Sisters one doesn't yeah. really sound like anything, honestly, like production-wise. Like it doesn't take it anywhere different but then the girl's yeah. loud one's very dramatic like the way they did yeah. it with kimberly and yes. then the dean doing all the yes. in the back yes. um so i appreciate that they did ele- elevate the song quite well 
I will say vocally, yes, they do sound great, but poor Nicola getting the one line. Oh my line. god. Yeah. Like the performances make me laugh because she always does the absolute most. Because <laughs> her line is just, oh, it feels so right. Like that's it, right? And so she, there's performances where she'll be like, oh, it feels so. <laughs> she'll like belt the crap out of it. She'll like do a huge note at the end of it. Like it's hilarious to me because she like doesn't do anything else the entire song. So anyway. I appreciate um... it. She's like, even if. I'm going to give it 110 because y'all won't catch me slacking. Yeah, all right? Yeah. Like, you giving me these four words? I I'll do these four words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm crying. I will say yeah. I, I appreciate the union singing, but I do mm. wish the harmonies in the chorus were a little less session singer. Like it's oh. giving me kind of what Stay Another Day had, right? Like you hear a oh. lot of other voices on here. And especially uh -huh. when they sing it live, you can hear in the backing track, it's not them. Like, it sounds yeah. like karaoke choir backing vocal Stop. behind them. Damn, so I not don't the BGBs. I don't love that. <laughs> I will say, though, it is really, really fun live. Because it it's just such a feel-good song. It's like, oh, yeah. obviously, it's going to make people want to jump as well. Like, it's hard not to do that, right, at a concert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it really did play such a pivotal role. I remember, like, being a fan, obviously, <laughs> when this came out, and you could really feel the momentum Durr. that came with this song being released as yeah. well. So I will always appreciate it for that, too. But yeah, what do you think of the music video? You gotta love the OST music videos yeah. from, like, back in the 90s and 2000s, because they really just did not crap, give a crap. They were like, <laughs> I've not seen Love Actually, <gasps> but... I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, damn. <laughs> We're not a movie podcast, but you should definitely see that. But yes. And it has one of the best pop soundtracks of all time. But yes, continue. You know what? I do love a good rom romantic movie. I think you'd enjoy I do. it. I think I would too. And it's not that Christmassy. Oh, it's a Christmas movie? Well, it was released yeah. during Christmas and there's just oh, one... Okay. Because it's like about a bunch of different people and just one of them oh. is more kind of Christmas focused because he's like a pop star who sings a Christmas song. But yeah, so. <laughs> Thank you for the beat of the yeah. the background. Okay. Okay. So is the video having to do with the the movie? Yes. So they are breaking okay, into dang. Hugh Grant's character's house and he plays okay. the prime minister. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I think it's hilarious. And them listening to, in the walls and like sneaking through the window. I don't know how they got up there in that big old house, but they're in the window. I think like the funniest part for me is them enduring the bridge. Sitting there, when you are next to me. Yes. Within the dark and chest popping and booty popping. <laughs> <laughs> that had me in hysterics. Because even without the context of knowing everything, I look at it, I'm like, why are y'all in the dark? What's going on? I mean, yeah. it's supposed to be sultry, but it's just, y'all look like a bunch of just ragamuffins in my house. You well, there. it's in the prime minister's house. Minister's it's house. on his desk, so it's so very scandalous. scandalous, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so much fun watching them come down the stairs and, like, dancing and singing and dancing throughout the house. They are terrible for like this video. <laughs> I'm on the bed. I'm on the wall. I'm coming through the. Uh, this is. They just like they're. I don't know. They never find him really, but I think it's cute. <laughs> um, it is the lens flares on the screen, the fan blowing. I'm like this. The very involved house. Um, but yeah, it's simple enough. It does what it needs to do. They look hot. It looks like a fun time. Which is why I'm like, oh, I love their performances because I'm like, this video does absolutely nothing for me in terms of adding to the song, but their performances, they are like giving it their 
all. And they don't, they don't have to actually dance dance because the audience is like, we're not paying attention. We're listening and mm. vibing, you yes. know, like they don't. Oh, oh yeah. Cause it. the original choreography during the promo run was awful. Oh my God. <laughs> it was awful. It was just very <laughs> clunky. Like it yes. was like jump and then they don't do anything. <laughs> and it's like, and the body roll. <laughs> it's yes. like, it's like oh. oh my gosh. Yeah. This is very clunky. <laughs> um, okay. So I have very different feelings, I think, towards the video because I'm a huge sure. fan of the movie, right? So right, okay. I love seeing all the clips of the movie. I think them mm. using that Hugh Grant extra to kind of dance around in the halls was very fun. Um, and, you know, like you said, it's for a movie. So they take yeah. one scene and they do what they can <laughs> with it. I do wish yes. there was a little bit more of a story, like maybe they crash a mm. meeting or something at the end. Or something, something but you know they probably didn't have the budget to pay for cameos for anyone so it was like okay yeah. you guys get the set for a couple hours go right <laughs> you know? that's what it was giving yeah. that's what it was giving for me I was like, <laughs> um, but yes i agree the bridge is definitely the best part that dark lighting yeah. and the flashlights <laughs> and the writhing and the and the chest popping that's writhing yeah yes yeah right. as a song i mean i think i enjoy it obviously and obviously it yeah. played a huge part in girls aloud's career mm-hmm. but Again, their standard is so high that among all their oh, yeah. singles, I would not list it as one of my favorites. So I'll give it an 8.5. Yeah, I was actually going to just give it an 8 because I think surrounding all of the songs during this era and just me thinking about this time, mm-hmm. for this to be the song that kind of like save their lives, not a bad choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it also was with Xenomania, so it's not really off, too off what they were going to do next. Yes. So just, you know, not thinking about what we know now. Yes, definitely. And thinking about how I felt when you were showing me, like, the whole trajectory, I was like, oh, this is a great song. I, I'm going to give it an eight as well. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right, so we're on to the last track from the debut album era. So on the re-release, they did have one more new song, and that was mm-hmm. You Freak Me Out, which was done by Brian Higgins. Lean Nystrom of Aqua, Miranda Cooper, and Tim Powell of Xenomania. And this oh, was yeah. actually written for the 2003 Disney film Freaky Friday featuring Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee uh, Curtis. And they mm-hmm. did release the song just as promo for the movie to radio, and they did perform it on TV once as well. So uh-huh. what do you think of this Disney track? <sighs> you know, I do appreciate... I'm going to give a roast before... I'm going to give a toast before I roast. Mm. Okay? I'll say that. I do appreciate the the unison singing. <laughs> because they all have different tones. But it feels like, you know, a girl punk pop kind of situation. Um, So I appreciate that. But I'm done now. So the chorus comes around and it bothers me because I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is not like a bunch of 20 women, 21-year-old... 20-something-year-old woman should be singing this. Um, it just, no. And then I thought to myself, wow, good thing they didn't keep this whole concept because if they would have kept this concept, it would have felt like a farce because they don't play any instruments. So I started, like, nitpicking. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I cannot. Like, it kind of fits on the album in a way, you know, a little bit because of the Rocky kind of thing, but it's too American. Um, it's very American. Yeah, yeah. So it bothered me a little bit, and I hate that Halloween line. Like, after, woo! It goes down for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hate that Halloween line. Mm-hmm. Again, it is for a Disney movie, like you said. So I was like, oh, God. It just throws me off. It's just a little lazy. The chorus is not really, like, yeah, that well thought out. And I'm kind of, I kind of feel like, is it because it was for an American song? Is, it, is that why you didn't want to try? But, eh, what can you do? I can see why it's a B-side. This was the one that should have been on the cassette tape. Just saying. <laughs> the the, the lost cassette tape. <laughs> Dang. I think this random break in the middle 
was just unnecessary. And yeah. I think there may have a little slight tambourine moment, but not long enough. So no, no good advice revival. <laughs> there was a guitar solo, but we already have that. Which is crazy because the Freaky Friday soundtrack here in America, like the the band's actual, the Pink Slip song was so good. So they hear this, it's just like, eh. Well, this didn't actually make it onto the soundtrack, right? Like, I mean, maybe it did so in it the did. UK, but but I don't think it's in the movie, is no, it? You're I mean, right. someone from the UK uh, tell us, but I'm pretty sure it's not in the American one. You know, I think as a Disney <laughs> movie song, it works. Like you have the, you know, kind of, cheapo pop rock kind of fake pop rock kind of situation Um, you could see Demi Lovato singing this or something you know from back in the day not in a bad way I mean you know what I mean though it's like very much in line exactly it's very much in line with all of that and the angsty lyrics I think are actually kind of fun to be honest like some of the lines at least are are funny like they're not super generic (laughs) right they're clearly yeah. giving angsty teenager rebelling against their parents, but they're so immature that, you know, they're probably thinking, yeah. like, as a kid, they're, like, thinking they're, like, totally given, like, a great burn. But, like, in real <laughs> life, it's, like, I think you're weird. It's written on your resume. Like, I was, like, oh, what? And, like, see, my feet don't fit in your sensible shoes. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's what I don't like. That's what I, I totally... think it's funny. I think it's funny. Because if you're thinking about it in the sense that it's, like, a 13-year-old <laughs> like... singing it, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. So for that, I think it's fine. Um, (laughs) Vocally, it's okay. I think the distribution is good. But again, they all just sound a little bored. And then if the lyrics are, I've got to scream, I've got to shout. But they're singing like, I've got to scream. I've got it. It's like they sound so bored. And it just doesn't match. Yeah, it doesn't match They're shouting. Not, are they? Not much energy between that shout. Not much, not much feeling behind that shout um so <laughs> yeah well what did you think of the one performance we've gotten the the special stage if you will thank god because i will say i like the little freddie murky broken mic stand. those are funny yeah what are those um, called the half, half mic, mic stand oh. quarter mic i don't know That's okay. thinking the same thing then yeah it was i think choreography wise it's so funny because they go whoa it freaks me <laughs> <laughs> yeah the little jumps and the Using the the hand thing, yeah. to, the, the, using the mic to just do like body rolls against. Yeah, yeah, it was giving like the overhead pull down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's probably the best choreography that they've had, which is oh, crazy. Oh gosh! And from this B side, yeah, from the B side, for sure. Oh, um, <laughs> I hate to like that, but it's true. I think my favorite part ah, is them coming like in the line with it, and then like you know, flexing and like. Doing these weird gymnastics with the with the mic stand, and wow. Sarah not singing a lick of the words, but has time to put the sleeve down, like <laughs> things, and then the explosions. Yeah, Again, it's just it's just giving cheese, like gargonzola cheese, gouda cheese. Listen. They really do sell it though. You can't you can't look at this and think, wow, these girls are like not really giving their effort. They are like they're throwing their bodies, they're leaning, that terrible jumps happening. So I appreciate it, <laughs> dropping. Yeah, I'm here for it. I give him point for that. I think what my what I find really funny about the performance is uh. that they clearly, again, kind of look embarrassed. <laughs> it's the same facial expressions that we get in Hopelessly Devoted, right? Like, oh, they are all kind of like, why are we doing this kind of situation? Oh, I yeah. think Sarah is really the only one kind of giving her all. <laughs> Everyone yeah. else is kind of just like, 
oh my gosh, this song is not for us, especially the older members too, right? Because, you know, oh my they're God, probably yeah. like 22-ish at this point, and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. why am I singing this, like, yeah. stupid song? <laughs> but, you know, it was yeah. for a soundtrack. Again, hopefully they got a lot of money for it. I, I Part of me also thinks, like, that. you know, th- they were struggling in this era. Like, you know, yes, they were Urban. charting okay, but, you know, girl groups are expensive, and yes. album sales weren't great. So, you know, they're probably just saying yes to everything. So it was like, oh, do you want to do the song for the soundtrack? Yes. But yes. do you want to perform at this Grease thing? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Do you want to do a second song? Yes. You know, like it's like, I'll just say yes to everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Not the franticness. Um, yeah. So yeah, this song is, uh, it's okay. I'll give it a 5.5. How about you? Big fat four. Ooh, I think wow. About it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, wow. Okay, so we've wow. completed reviewing these yeah. b-sides and bonus tracks yeah. so we're now at our cut or keep section so if you had to only cut one song oh shoot <laughs> uh, god Ooh. i know you, there's a lot to Ooh. choose from here <laughs> yeah which isn't normally the case right like yeah guys when we get to the <laughs> section it's usually like oh man i don't know what song to cut really oh, or like there's like <laughs> only one just like dud, yeah yeah, you know? yeah yeah but this is this is a lemon this, tree yeah Got a quite, a few, quite a few yeah. choose from. Um, all right, so the song I'm going to cut is Sacred Trust. I think as a whole, is the it? song was buried for a reason. One Truth Wasted didn't make a hit for a reason. And this was not going to be like that one either for a reason. Like, it's just not... They, come on, come on, man. Love Got Cold does what it needs to do. Like, you don't need this. Like, Okay, yeah. Here's the thing. Ooh. Again, I appreciate Sacred Trust for the fact that it's just petty, right? Like, <laughs> we're going to record the same song that One True Voice are. Um, so yes. for that, I will not choose that. And I will choose Stay Another Day because I hate their uh, version. I really hate their oops. version. He said I hate it. Yeah. Oopsie. <laughs> so, okay. In terms of a keep, okay, I'm going to not let myself choose Jump because I think that's the really obvious one. So out of the actual no. B-sides, <laughs> the one that I listen to the most out of all of these is actually their cover of Grease. So I'll, I'll stick with that. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, even though I didn't give it like the highest of ratings, I do actually like the idea of it. So I'm going to keep everything you ever wanted. Okay. Yes, good choice. All right, uh-huh. so we've now completed the debut era of Girls Aloud. Uh-huh. And now we can, I'm really excited because now we can move on to, you know, what will the neighbors say and, and all the, yeah. the real gems in their discography. But as a newer fan... What do you think huh. of the debut era? Oh, that's right. I'm only three years old. Yeah. I'm a baby. I'm joking. I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> I'm a baby. Like, shut up. No, you're not. Uh, but, you know, I am a newer fan. Uh, thank goodness. No offense. This album was, this 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 B-side bit was, was rough. Because I'm like. It's fun to listen to, though. It is. But it also is mild torture. Because then I have to sit here and be like, what did I just hear? And I have to listen to it again. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm joking. I'm I'm really dragging. I'm told I I think I mean just for comedic purposes, but someone might be like, she's so serious right now. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to see like what could have been like just one album after a competition show and just, you know, crashing and burning and then finding out now what is their career. Mm-hmm. Like they became the second coming, not the second coming of Spice Girls, but they became the the heir to the Spice Throne. And it's just like if you listen to this album. And I were to show someone this, like, oh, yeah, they came after Spice Girl. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Which is why I am really excited to get to the next stuff, too. So, yeah, it's just really exciting to kind of, like, 
get ready to do that. <laughs> so if you want us to review it, please, guys, leave it in the comments, okay? Yes. And join our Patreon to get to Priority Choice. <laughs> yes, and check out our Girl Aloud Pop 101 as well, which is more about, you know? like, the business-y stuff, the career stuff. But still, lots of Girl Aloud stuff on this channel. I mean, obviously, I was a fan from the beginning, but, you know, the quality was... There was quite a range in the quality of their output at the time, but it was great being a fan because they were saying yes to everything, right? Like it was like, oh, they're gonna, yeah. they have these random songs on this Grease soundtrack. Oh yeah, like, yeah oh, exposure. they're like performing here. There were so many performances from that era. Like they, yes, I think no good advice. There's like hundreds of performances you can find because they were literally doing it everywhere they possibly could. So as a fan, obviously, I have a lot of attachment to this whole era but a lot of these songs have just aged horribly um but it is fascinating to listen to mm -hmm. the stuff they did with the non-xenomania producers because it's yeah. just experimentation right so it's just different <laughs> um so yeah very right. much enjoyed these two episodes and very very excited to talk about the next ones oh yes this will be very exciting so let us know in the comments Maybe which album exactly. You don't have to go in order, but we could. Let us know. And what do you all think about the B-sides and bonus track from Sound of the Underground album era? And uh, like I said, if you want to hang out with us and the crew on Patreon, you get priority choice. And you can comment below or message us at CCTV Pops on social media because we will respond to you and show you lots of love if you show us love too. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications for our YouTube channel. And if you're enjoying the show on a podcast platform, please give us a follow, rating, and a review. Until next time, that's Chris. That's Shan. And we're signing off from CCTV, the nonstop pop show.